0: everybody, welcome to our Thursday night Parashat HaShavua class Tonight we are studying Parashat Akev, One of the more beautiful parashiot in Sefer Devarim Again, Moshe is continuing his uh, discussion and speech, final speech to Bnei Israel at the end of his life However, in the middle of the first Aliyah, we have a mitzvah A mitzvah that is one of the more important, well-known mitzvot that we have in our Torah That is the mitzvah Birkat And therefore, maybe it's fitting that we just explore this mitzvah a little further, a little deeper, and uh, we'll walk out of here tonight with some novel approaches to this beautiful, wonderful mitzvah. The Torah tells us, The commandment of you will eat, you will be satiated, and you will bless Hashem, your God. And the Chachamim tells us it's this Pasuk that teaches us that we have a biblical obligation to recite Birkat HaMazon. It is the only blessing, only Berakha that we have that is uh, a Torah commandment. All the other brachot are rabbinically ordained, but the Birkat HaMazon is a biblical commandment. The Chachamim tells us in Gemara Masecheh Berakhot, "Minayin leBirkat Birkat HaMazon l'acharea min haTorah, Sh'nei emar, ve'achalta ve'savata uberachta. How do we know that the blessing of Birkat Mazon comes after? Why not before? And the answer is, simply because that's how it says. First you eat, and then Then the Gemara asks, How do we know that the blessing to recite over Torah is done before you study Torah? First, you call out to Hashem, which is the Bracha, and then you go on, and you... Um you bless, you, you learn the Torah. The Sefer Achinuch gives a logical reason as to why, regarding the Torah study, a Beracha is necessitated prior to the activity, but when it comes to the meal, the Beracha is done afterwards. And he explains that eating and drinking are physical aspects of our life, they're, they're material functions of our well-being, and therefore the pleasure and the benefits of these activities are only realized after we eat. I don't feel good when I eat before I eat. I only feel good after I eat. So therefore, it makes sense to bless and give the barakah b'ekat mazon afterwards. Um, Torah study on the other hand is different. It's it's meant for our spiritual intellect. I realize prior how important and how spiritual the Torah study is. And therefore... That moment of inspiration, that moment where my brain flicks a switch and then says, i got to learn Torah, that has to be done before. And therefore, the intellect perceives and appreciates the immense pleasure that's in store when a person engages in the study of Torah. And as a result, we recite the beracha Birkat Torah, prior to the engaging of the Torah. Now, the Torah tells us that we have three blessings to recite on Birkat mazon. Birkat Mazon is actually four blessings. We're going to get to that, but mina Torah from the Torah, it is actually three blessings. The first blessing is Birkat Hazan, which we know Hazan Etakol or Hazan Et Aulam Kulovetuvo. The second blessing is Birkat Haaretz, Ala Ve'al Mazon. and the third blessing is Yerushalayim Boneh Yerushalayim. Now we know there's a fourth blessing, which is which is Hatov VeHametiv. Um, why did HaKadosh paruchu um it command us in the Torah only to recite three distinct separate brachot after the, the after eating? Why not just combine it in one? It would make more sense to combine everything into one bracha. Maybe some people would rather have just one shorter blessing condensed rather than have three separate ones plus the tov metiv. And as well, we have to understand why exactly was the Hatovu Metiv instituted. So concerning the fourth bracha, we'll answer that first. The Chachamim tell us in Masechet uh, Brachot that Hatova Metiv be Yavne The blessing of Hatov and Metiv were were instituted in Yavne. Just give me a moment. So Hatovu Metiv was was established in the city of Yavne after a very, very horrible event that took place. The Gemara tells us that after the Bar revolt, where thousands of thousands of Jews were murdered, um, the, uh, uh, slain in the city of Beit the rabbis in Yavne instituted that the brachav, Hatov be recited Birkat Hatov, he is good for miraculously not allowing the bodies, Hashem, not allowing the bodies to decay and smell. And v'hametiv, the second, v'hametiv, is for ensuring that they were actually buried. Now, what happened during that time period that made these rabbis institute this bracha? It's an amazing miracle, what's, what's written down, Masechet Ta'anit. These, the population or the, the, the members of the city who joined Bar Kokhba's rebellion. He rebelled against the Romans approximately 60 years after the destruction of the Beit HaMikdash. According to the Yerushalmi, they were punished for not mourning over the destruction of, the, of Yerushalayim. The, wi- the wicked Hadrian, Yemar had a very large vineyard. And this vineyard measured 18 mil by 18 mil, a very, very large area. And he created a fence that surrounded the vineyard and all of the slain he stood up the corpses of those who died along the fence around his vineyard he stood them upright and decreed that they not be buried and after hadrian's death the new emperor decreed that they to be buried and that took a very very long time the Gemara tells us in masechet chulin that the blood of the Jewish victims that were standing up there unburied after the Bar Kokhba's revolt uh, was able to harvest, um, was able, sorry, was able to fertilize the land for seven years to allow the idolaters, those Romans, to harvest their grapes without fertilizer. The blood acts as a fertilizer and the blood was just seeping out. It was seeping out because the, the bodies did not spoil, they did not decompose. So therefore, it was as it's a miracle, but they were standing up like this one. So now just we can begin to comprehend this incredible miracle that Akadosh Baruch Hu did to these people, these slain Jews of Beitar. On one hand, they were punished for not mourning over the destruction of Yerushalayim, as we mentioned, but nevertheless Akadosh Baruch Hu preserved the bodies for seven years, not allowing them to decay. Not allowing them to smell until they were afforded the burial that they deserved. This was a very impressive yet frightening miracle, because for seven years you have bodies, uh, slain bodies, that are just standing upright, outstretched arms, forming a fence around Hadrian's uh, vineyard. Uh, in the winter, they're they're being exposed to the cold, to the rain. In the summer, to the intense heat. Yet, despite of all, despite that, they did not smell. They did not decay. And um, those lifeless bodies stood strong against all these powerful forces of nature as if to say, to tell Hadrian, you killed us, but we're not going to let you win. It's as if they were mocking him publicly. Like, it's not you who put us here. It's HaKadosh Baruch Hu, because we did something wrong and we were punished. But nevertheless, he's watching over us and he is preserving our bodies. And that's why the Brachav Hatov HaMetiv was instituted. After seven years, they were brought to burial, and this is a tikkun, a rectification for these these slain Jews, as Hakadosh Baruch Hu decreed to Adam Arishon after he sinned. Ki afar ata ve'lafar tashuv, because you are dust, and to dust you shall return. This is why Hakadosh Baruch Hu had to institute a special blessing commemorating this miracle, Hatov ve'ametiv, Hatov for not allowing the bodies to decay and smell, ve'ametiv, to ensure that they were actually afforded burial. Now we need to figure out why did the Chachamim and Yavne, um, how does this connect to them putting it into Birkat amazon? It's very nice, but we could just say a bracha, let's say once a year, and say the bracha, v'atov ve'ametiv. What does it have to do with Birkat Um uh, One of the explanations that's given is found in the commentary of the Ross, in Masechet Brachot. And there he writes that Birkat it's in its entirety, is an expression of gratitude. The whole thing is an expression of gratitude. And when Beit was was destroyed, and the dignity and the hopes of Am Yisrael was struck down, and, and people felt depressed and down, th- that feeling will not be restored until Mashiach comes. And therefore, the special bracha was placed in Birkat HaMazon, says the Rosh, and juxtaposed to which bracha? The bracha Bonei Yerushalayim. The bracha Bonei Yerushalayim, we beseech HaKadosh Baruch Hu to rebuild the Bet HaMikdash. So for similar reasons, a, a special bracha of Hatov HaMetiv, devoted to the people that were killed and slain in Beitar, given the opportunity to be buried, finally, is juxtaposed to the bracha of Bonei Yerushalayim, so that they should also merit a tikkun rectification. At Techiat the time, the resurrection of the dead, the time of the future geulah, when Yushalayim and Bet Amides will be built. That's one explanation. The Baal Turim says, coming from a more moral vantage point, he says, simply, that the the commandment of Birkat Mazon in this week's parasha, ve'savata uberachta, the pasuk that comes after it is, why do you have to bless God? Why do you have to uh, have to... Uh, express gratitude to HaKadosh Baruch Hu for things that you have. Pentechal v'savata, lest you eat and be satiated. Batim tovim beautiful homes. V'ram And then you'll become haughty. You'll become arrogant. Hashem Elohecha. And you'll come, God forbid, to forget HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So these pesukim juxtapose the eating and, and, and warning not to forget HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So we see that it's essential to mention the day of one's death in Birkat HaMazon because the bracha of HaTovu Metiv was instituted regarding the burial of, this, uh, of, these, of these people who died in Beit The unique bracha was placed here in Birkat HaMazon because there's a potential danger involved. That when a person is occupied with mundane matters and physical worldly activities, such as eating and drinking, one per, a person's thoughts might drift away from God. And therefore, the only way to get yourself back in the proper train of thought, to focus on HaKadosh Baruch is recalling a person's day of death. Recalling the day of death. When you say Atov Metiv, you have to think about the, the, those that died in Beitar. This is the reason why we, we, are, we are reciting this blessing. Because when you think of death, and when you think of burial, when you think of the whole concept of that, it helps eliminate this danger of, God forbid, you forgetting HaKadosh Baruch Right? You have you're you're so deep in these physical worldly pleasures, you know you forget about God. I'm not thinking about Him. I'm enjoying everything that I that I have in my life, and you know, God, I push him aside. The moment someone mentions death or death surrounds him, even in the form of a blessing of puts things back into good perspective to, to to the focus that we're supposed to that we're supposed to have. With your permission, I want to take this a little bit deeper. The Sefer Achinuch writes a beautiful segula in his commentary of this mitzvah Birkat HaMazon. And he says, I have a tradition from my teachers, may God protect them, anybody that is, um, who watches, who takes care to recite Birkat HaMazon properly, then, he will be provided with parnasa and sustenance with dignity throughout his life. That's what the Sefer Chinuch writes. Furthermore, the Arizal writes in uh, his Sefer that it is vital for a person to recite your katamazon with great joy. And in that merit, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will also provide him with parnasa joyfully. So we need to explain the following. One. Why is it biblically mandated to re- recite three brachot? We haven't answered that question yet. Two, why did our rabbis, maybe can we find another reason, is it connected to incorporate a special bracha commemorating those that were slain in Beit Why institute in Mazon? We already gave a couple answers, but maybe we can go deeper. And three, what's the rationale behind this wonderful tradition that the Sefer Achinuch received from his rabbis, that anyone who is so careful to recite Bikad Mazon is provided with sustenance, with dignity, throughout his life. There is a Mishnah in Masechet Kiddushin, that we've quoted before here in uh, these Shi'urim. The Mishnah writes, that Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar says, Have you ever seen a wild animal, or a bird, that has a job, that has a trade, yet these animals and these birds sustain themselves without any work, though they were only created to serve me, Rabbi Shimon says, whereas I was created to serve my master. I'm just translating the Mishnah. Doesn't it mean that I should be able to sustain myself without any difficulty? If the birds and the wild animals who are meant to serve me don't have any problem finding food, if i meant to serve Akadosh Baruch Hu, then why should I have any problem finding food? There, however, says Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar, But because I have corrupted my deeds, ma'asai parnasati. Because I have corrupted my deeds, I have therefore forfeited my sustenance. I forfeited my parnasah. Parnasah becomes difficult now because my actions aren't as good. This is what the Mishnah writes. The act of eating, in of itself, says the Arizel, is a form of service of Hakadosh Baruch Hu. It's a service Avodat Hashem, because the purpose of eating, as we said many times, is to elevate Nitzotzot. is to elevate holy sparks Nitzotzot These sparks are dispersed among the four categories that comprise creation. You may have heard them before. It's brought down in the Rambam and many other places. The four categories that comprise creation are Domem, Someach, Chai, and Medaber. Domem is the first category. That refers to the inanimate objects. All objects that are stationary, that cannot change locations on their own. Earth, rocks, water, salt. That's Domem. The second category is somach. Somayach is plant life, and that possesses some sort of life force and, it, and includes everything that has the ability to grow and thrive, such as trees, grass, plants, vegetation, so on and so forth. The animal category is Chai, and that possesses an even greater life force and includes living creatures that have the ability to move from place to place. And the highest category is Medaber. Medaber is of course, this the speaker, which corresponds to human beings because Hakadosh Baruch Hu gave us the power to speech, to speak. Now, Hakadosh Baruch Hu created the universe in a way that each category in its hierarchy derives its nourishment from the category below it. How so? Let's explain. The plants. And vegetation, which is the tzomeach, we said is the second category from the bottom, receive nourishment from where? The soil, the ground, which is a category below it. Um, the domain. The, the chai, the living, the animals, feed off the plants, feeds off the, the vegetation, and their essence becomes indistinguishable from that of the animals. So we see here that. In many, many ways, the holy nitzotzot that stem from the lowest level, the inanimate objects, are able or elevated to become an integral part of the tzomeach, of the living plants, plant life. And the holy nitzotzot, the holy sparks that are found in the plant life, elevate itself to that of the chai, of the animal life, because the animals eat uh, the vegetation. When you move up one step further, makes a lot of sense. Same idea. Man is the medaber. That is the highest level. That we possess the ability to speak, and we're nourished by the meat, the meat and the flesh of creatures that are considered chai, the living creatures. When we when we are shochet an animal, when we shecht an animal according to proper halacha, Torah guidelines, and we consume the meat in a Proper way reciting a beracha before and after. This man incorporates a life force, and and the holy nitzotzot of the animal, which are already contained, which already contain the plants nitzotzot and the and the grounds nitzotzot, now becomes an inseparable part of his being. So the moment I eat meat, for example, I have now been able to swallow up, no pun intended. All the holy sparks that were found in that meat, which came from not only the plants, but also the domem, the inanimate objects. Ama- amazing hidus, but we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna move on. There's a Mishnah in Avot. We are all familiar with this Mishnah. Again, Rabbi Shimon, oh, there'll be Rabbi Shimon, those there will be different Shimon, there'll be Shimon Omer, Three people that ate on a table. So <laughs> and didn't say words of Torah, is as if they ate from the offerings of the deceased. But three people that ate at a table and did recite Divaret Torah, is as if they ate at the table of a Baruch, Baruch Hu, very famous Mishnah. The Baal Shem Tov on this Mishnah says something very alarming. And uh, he says it in his in his Sefer Be'er Mayim, which is a Sefer written on the on his Haggadah, on the Haggadah of Pesach. According to the Baal Shem Tov, a human being, after he passes away, a deceased person, reincarnates into food. Into food makes a little sense even on a biological level, since the human body decomposes into the ground. But well, maybe we'll get to a bit of that later. But he's saying that the the, the the deceased person reincarnates into human food, so that the people who are consuming the food and discussing Torah while eating that food, okay, resurrect kibiyachol that deceased person. Very very powerful, shocking, surprising words. By speaking divrei Torah, you are resurrecting. He's not coming back to life, but the nitzotzot are being pushed up. If a person who is participating in the meal fails to recite Yivret Torah, then they they drive that deceased person that reincarnated into the food back down to the level of the inanimate inanimate matter. Okay? And therefore, that's why the Mishnah says, It's ki'ilu ach'lu As if he ate from the offerings of the deceased. The three people... Eating at the table, says the Mefarshim on this Mishnah, is in is an allusion to the domem, the tzomeach, and the chai. The inanimate, the plant, and the chai is the animal elements that are always present at a Jew's table. Always. When a person eats the meat of the animal, like we said, okay, he's also consuming the holy nitzotzot of the plant. And he's also consuming the holy nitzot of the domem, of the inanimate objects. Now, the purpose of clarifying and elevating all these nitzotzot to the level of the medaber, of the highest level, the level of human being, is so a man will elevate them to a to paruchu by utilizing the nourishment from the food for a Torah study. So therefore, if a person doesn't speak the very Torah at the table while he's dining, he fails to put these added resources that he's consumed to use, and in effect, he's killing them, and dragging them down to spiritual abyss. So, he's taking them from a spiritual peak of of potential energy, down to a spiritual depth. And this is, as if he ate from the, the offerings of the deceased. Now, until now, these holy nitzotzot were located in the lower domain. So it was Domem Tzomea Achai, inanimate plants and animal beings. And they were incapable of reciting Diveri Torah. A plant can't recite Diveri Torah, an animal can't recite Diveri Torah, and certainly a rock can't. But only mankind, only the Medaber was endowed by HaKadosh Baruch Hu, with the faculty of speech, and the ability to learn Torah, to praise God, with the Kafpet otiyot, with the 22 letters of the Torah. So once these three things have been elevated to the level of the medaber, have been fully incorporated into man's being, then they gain the capacity to speak. Ke'ilu, they gain the capacity to speak. And therefore, it's essential to take advantage of that opportunity after consuming these holy sparks to speak divretora Torah, to allow these sparks, to allow these nitshotzot, which were limited and mute until now. The rock, the plant, the cow, could never talk. And now it's here, and you're consuming them with divretora, Torah, you're fulfilling their, their intended potential. And failing to do so, prevents these holy sparks from achieving the spiritual elevation that it's needed, and it's k'ilu achelumiziv. Now, animals generally find their meals readily available. They go out into the field and the vegetation is there. They consume the plants that are spread out in the field and the forest. And the reason being that uh, these holy sparks are present in the inanimate objects and the Tzomeach yearn to rise to a higher level of spirituality. So the, the ground is producing the plants and the plants are sprouting upwards. This is all done on purpose so that the animal can locate the plants, so that it can consume the plants, because the whole purpose of it is to, it wants to rise up. It wants to reach the next level that is higher of it. And they can only accomplish the final goal when an animal consumes the the plant. So they're made readily available to the animals, God did it on purpose. An animal walks outside and sees vegetation and eats it. So it can be consumed to a higher level. This is what Rabbi Shimon said in that famous Mishnah. Have you seen a wild animal or a bird that has a trade, that has a job, yet they sustain themselves without travail, without effort? And the reason is because the tzomeach, that that grows from the ground, it chases after the living creatures. Because it it desires to move up the ladder of spirituality from level to level. So this raises the question, They were created only to serve me, Rabbi Shimon says. The animals and the plants were created to serve the human being. And I was created to serve my master. So why is it that I find it so difficult to find sustenance if the if the animals find it readily? If the living creatures were only created to serve mankind, so that man will come and consume the living creatures and consume the veg- vegetation, and we're here to serve our Kadosh Baruch Hu, how come we can't do so? Why is it so difficult to find our panasa? How is it possible that man needs to struggle? So for this, the Mishnah answers... I've corrupted my deeds and i forfeited my sustenance. In other words, I've tra- transgressed, I've done a berot. I've not utilized the potential that is contained in my food to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu, And therefore I've forfeited my sustenance from coming easily. Beautiful. This makes so much sense with the famous line in Perkei Avot, Im en Torah en kemach. If without Torah there is no flour. If one doesn't utilize the nutrition and the energy contained in one's food to learn Torah, the flower avoids him. The food avoids him. The food substances are terrified of a person who doesn't engage in Torah study because he may corrupt, God forbid, those tzot, those holy sparks of food that, that, that are possessed within him. With that said, we can now provide the explanation why the Torah prescribed exactly three blessings of Mazon to be recited over our meals. The purpose of eating is to elevate the Nitzatot Kdusha, the holy sparks from the realms of the inanimate, the plant life, the animal life, to the level of the Medaber, to the level of the human being who possesses the faculty of speech. And by doing so, he rectifies those lower elements through his words of Torah and Tefillah. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu had to command us to recite three brachot over our food to rectify those three categories, Domem, Tzomeach, and Chai. The first bracha of Birkat Hazan corresponds to the inanimate realm, the Domem. The Domem includes the earth from which HaKadosh Baruch Hu brings forth all sustenance from creation. That's why the bracha concludes Hazan et HaKol. It all stems from the earth originally. The second bracha is B'erkat Haaretz. addressing the land of Eretz Yisrael, that corresponds to Tzomeach, the plant life, because it's specifically in Eretz Yisrael that we're commanded to fulfill the mitzvot of Trumot and Masrot, to rectify the Tzomeach, the dividing, the separating, the tithing of our vegetables. HaLaaretz, the Amazon. And the third bracha, the bracha B'nei Yerushalayim, aims at the tikkun of the animal kingdom. Because it was in Yerushalayim that the animals were sacrificed in the Beta HaMikdash. So now, so long as the Nichototak Dusha, the holy sparks, remain within the Domeim Tzomeach and Chai, and lack the faculty of speech and are unable to learn, unable to learn Torah and praise Hakadosh Paruchu, we have a problem. And that's why these three categories of creation are eaten together on one table so that they could be elevated to the level of man. Then they have to speak words of Torah in order for it to happen. And if you do so, as if you dined on the royal table of HaKadosh Baruch And this is why we were mandated to say three brachot. We express His gratitude and praise to HaKadosh Baruch Hu for allowing us the opportunity to rectify these three categories, these three realms of Domem, Tzomech, and Chai. We celebrate the fact that they too now have achieved the level of Medaber through the words of Torah that we said on the table. The one who speaks, and now they can praise Hashem because we spoke Divrei Torah on the table. And this also explains why we have to say birkatamazon after we eat and not before we eat. Before the meal, those elements of domem, tzomeach, and chai, they weren't incorporated into the human being. It's, it's, it's a separate, it's considered separate from the human being. We haven't ate it yet. And therefore, it's necessary to wait to after the meal to express our gratitude and appreciation to God altogether once these lower categories have been incorporated in us. And now we make sense of the statement of the Sefer HaChinuch. One who is who is so careful of reciting Birkat Hamazon is provided with with parnasa dignity throughout his life. As we explain, Hakadosh Baruch Hu commanded us to recite three blessings over our meals. In order to rectify these nitzotzot, these holy sparks contained in the Domem and achai, which as a result of those me of that meal and the Torah were spiritually elevated to the level of the Medaber. And therefore, as we anticipate this ultimate tikkun, they pursue a person who is careful with Birkatamazon. A person who's careful with Birkatamazon, all the inanimate objects, all the plant life, all the animals, all the is chasing this guy. Because they want to be part of the Bikatamazon. Because that's what's going to bring them to the highest level. So therefore, Kol anyone who's so careful with Bikatamazon, you're guaranteed it's going to come, it's going to flow into you. Non-stop. Because that's where it wants to be. It wants to be with a, a person that is able to express appreciation to HaKadosh Baruch the great things. And this also explains that statement of the Zohar, brought down by the Arizal, by the importance of saying Birkat Mazon joyously, enthusiastically, so that HaKadosh Baruch Hu will provide us with Parnassah the same way. On one hand, we recite Birkat Mazon enthusiastically, thanking Hashem to, for giving us the privilege to be metaken, to rectify those holy sparks. And in response, HaKadosh Baruch Hu provides us with the Parnassah also with joy, knowing full well that we will utilize that Parnassad, to the best of our abilities to rectify all that he's created in this universe. Now we can begin to appreciate the incredible act attributed to the Chachamim and Yavne, which we started the Shi'ur with, the institution of an additional bracha, the bracha of Hatov ve'ametiv, the bracha instituted because those that were slain in Beitar were finally afforded the burial that they deserved. And the Arizal explains the rationale for burying the dead in the ground. Why do we bury the dead in the ground? Why just not let the body decompose on its own? Why not throw it into the ocean? Why in the ground? The Arizal says that during the sin of the dat the Tree of Knowledge, Adam and Chava heard the voice of the Nahash and listened to the advice of the Nahash, and that allowed the nachash, the serpent, the snake, to contaminate the bodies of Adam and Chava. It corrupted their purity and it corrupted the sanctity of their body. And as a consequence, God decreed, Ki afar atta vel afar tashuv. You are dust, and to dust you shall return. But this, says the Arizal, was for man's own benefit. Man gets buried in the ground for his own benefit, because by doing so, it allows the dust of the earth to absorb the poisonous contamination that the serpent injected in the bodies of Adam and Chava and now in all bodies of all mankind. And as a result, once the earth is able to extract that poison, that contamination, at the time of Techiyat HaMetim, of the resurrection of the dead, we come up with a clean body, a body free of contamination, free of impurity. Why did Akadosh Baruch Hu specifically choose the dust of the earth to accomplish this task? Why couldn't He make the water? Why can we throw dead bodies in water and let the water extract the, the poison and the contamination? Why the earth? The answer is because through the act of eating food that comes from the earth and then leads to plants and then goes to animals, Man is able to rectify those Nitzhotzot kedusha that were dispersed throughout creation. The Domem elevates it into the Tomeach, so the ground elevates it into the plant life. The plant life, Tomeach, then is elevated to the Chai, and then all of them together elevate into man, the Medaber. And that final step, man brings them all to Tikkun, to rectification, by means of the Torah that he studies, the Brachot that he recites, over the food. And therefore it's only fitting, says the Arizal, that the inanimate dust of the earth uh, reflect its gratitude in appreciation of this ultimate act of kindness by cleansing man, man's body of the contamination that was given to us by the serpent. It's a thanks because we give the earth and the plants and the animal life, the opportunity to raise their levels to the level of the uh, Medaber. And now we understand the intent of our Chachamim, of Yavne. They added a fourth bracha, Hatov ve'ametiv, to Birkat to commemorate the fact, Hatov shelo yisrichu ve'ametiv shenitnu the bodies of the slain in Beitar did not putrefy and were ultimately afforded burial. We recite the brachot in Birkat Mazon to rectify the mitzotzot of knusha, of the Domem, and Chai, just, that we just ate at that moment. And having done so, it's inappropriate to express our gratitude to God. We thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu for providing us with the opportunity to rectify the other elements of creation. So in that merit, with that Zechud, we too will merit a tikkun and purification. The day that we die, we will go to the ground and the ground will extract all the Tumah from us, as a result of our good deeds, as a result of the Torah that we study, as a result of the, of the Tefilot that we pray, the dust of the earth responds in kind by purifying man's body. And this amazing tikkun afforded human beings, of that, the, the, the tikkun that afforded mankind by the dust of the earth became so apparent when through the miracle that took place at Beit after the Bar Kokhba's failed rebellion. Recall that Adrianus, Hadrian, Arashai, Yemach stood there, corpses lining around his vineyard, as we explained at the beginning of the shiur. Upright, around the perimeter of his fence, seven years they stood up there, yet their bodies did not decay or develop a smell, and ultimately they merited burial, so that they could be pur- purified, by the dust of the earth. And to commemorate that event, they instituted a fourth bracha, added to Birkat to express our thanks to Akadosh Baruch Hu for providing us with this method of tikkun, by cleansing our bodies at the uh, after 120 years when we die. Abotai, in conclusion, we said a lot of things tonight. No question. A lot of great, grand, deep ideas. But if one thing we can gain out of this is a valuable lesson one that's worthwhile for every Jew to remember. People are willing to try all sorts of methods to increase their income and their parnasa. They seek all these segulot, strange omens, to improve their lots in life. Yet they forget the most amazing, wonderful segula of Birkat Hamazon, a mitzvah that is a positive mitzvah minat Torah, the only blessing, like we said, that is a positive commandment. And rather than reciting the bracha hurriedly, skippingly, and uh, uh, you know, and, and and rushed like we normally do, unfortunately, it's preferable to recite Birkat Hamazon from a sidur slowly, joyfully, enthusiastically. If a person takes advantage of this special segula of reciting Birkat Hamazon, he is assured the promise of the Sefer Achinuch, Kach mekubal. I was promised by my rabbi. The mezonot, the parnasah, will be readily available for us. We won't have to seek for it. We'll be right there, like the animals that go out on the grass and see and, and see the vegetation and eat. Imagine you just walk outside and your parnasah is right there without having to struggle for it. Four brachot, that's what we have. Three brachot mina torah Hazan Haaretz and Bonei Rishalayim, and then one additional brachah, Hatov VeAmetiv. Four brachot that we have a little bit long, but worth it. It's a great investment you'll make. Bezvat Hashem, we shall all be zocheh to Parnasah B'Shefa. Hakadosh Baruch Hu should shower upon us lots of blessing and amazing sustenance. We shall all be zocheh to increase our concentration and our enjoyment. Of this holy, holy blessing, this holy mitzvah that we have, brichat mazon and bezat Hashem, will be Zocheh to be bonay Yerushalayim, to build Yerushalayim, the coming of the Mashiach, and welcome all those and in the resurrection of the dead. We'll see all of our loved ones with the coming of Mashiach. amenu, amen Have a wonderful night, everyone.